drink and dance all night. Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service with BKP. Hi, everyone. Welcome to week 36 and week 37 of pregnancy. I know. It's a double episode. I'll explain in a second. But first things first, hi. Uh, For those of you who are new here, I'm your host, Sarah Merrill Hall. I'm the chick behind the Instagram blog and podcast called Big Kid Problems. And I'm also currently 37 weeks pregnant. So your girl kind of fucked up this week. I usually record each week's episode on like the last day of that week. So for me, that's Tuesday. Like that's the last day of week 36 for me. And I had a few things come up, couldn't record, figured I would just do it on Wednesday. Um, But then Wednesday, when I technically hit 37 weeks, we went to the doctor in the morning and I got the news that I will actually be delivering sooner than planned. So needless to say, shit is really speeding up over here and I have about two weeks until my new due date. And like, I just want to get in as many episodes as I can before this baby comes so I don't like leave you guys hanging. So yeah, double episode it is this week. <laughs> Um, crazy. Uh, before I even get into my shit, I want to talk about your upcoming doctor visit because at week 36 or 37, you may start your weekly doctor appointments. And there's actually a few key tests I want to warn you about. So right around this time, you're going to get a strep B test. I had heard of this. I didn't really know what it entailed. So I'm going to tell you. But basically, strep B or group B strep is actually what it's called, GBS, is a type of bacteria that's commonly found in the vagina of many healthy women. It is so common that the Center for Disease Control and Prevention actually estimates that about one in every four women carries group B strep. But you would probably have no idea if you did or not because there's no real symptoms. It's like completely harmless to adults who have it. But uh, left untreated, GBS can actually be transmitted to the baby during childbirth, and it can actually have some pretty serious health consequences for your baby unless you get it treated. So I've actually, I actually have a few friends. I mean, they say one in every four women, like we're all going to know people who have tested for this. I have a few friends who have tested positive for strep B. It's like, honestly, no big deal. They told me that really the only thing you have to do is if you have it, when you go to the hospital for labor, they're going to give you a round of antibiotics through an IV first. So essentially, like when you get to the hospital for labor, they're going to put you're going to get an IV pretty much right away anyway. And then if you have the strep B, they're just going to flush through a round of antibiotics first. My friend who had it told me it took about 45 minutes. That was like the whole process. And like it's it's basically nothing. But you want to make sure that you test for it and you treat it because like I said it could have some some consequences for your for your little babe. So the only thing to really know about this test cuz I didn't I didn't know this until about like 2 weeks before um is that how they test for it is a little interesting. They have to do like a swab up your vag and your anus. 
so <laughs> that little that little anus swab i was i was kind of like huh oh i didn't know i didn't know that was part of the game plan so i actually went to my appointment this week and they pulled the swabs out to do the test and just so like t- so you know so you have like a visual of what to expect like they kind of look like the long q-tips that they use in covid tests like we've all seen those by now it's like a long skinny q-tip and apparently the swab is very fast it's not terrible <laughs> i've been told i was actually busy like emotionally preparing to get my anal swab but um first had to get my sonogram not everyone is going to get a sonogram at this stage of pregnancy. We had one ordered by our doctor because, like I said a couple weeks ago, like we found out we were breech and still breech at our last appointment. So they wanted to do a sonogram just to see if he turned, um, if anything changed, and and kind of get an idea if if how we were going to have to move forward for delivery. So I talked about it in last week's episode. I mean, I've been doing everything pretty much everything to get this baby to flip around I actually I I went to the chiropractor the day before our appointment and she actually said she's like I think that he has moved which I could kind of feel like a little less pressure on my side because when he was transverse breech he was like fully sideways in my uterus which was very uncomfortable and so he did move like to a more vertical position. She's like, I just can't tell if he went head up or head down. So I went into the appointment like pretty positive, you know, like I was like, I think he's turned the whole time. I, I, I think that's like a big part of what they tell you to do is if you have a breech baby is like, it's like a mental thing and you want to like think really positively and imagine him turning and visualizing him turning. That's like part of it. I mean, like I said, I, I, I did all the things. So I, w- I walked in like pretty feeling pretty good and that they were going to give me good news. So we do the sonogram pretty much right away. She's like, oh, there's his head. It's at the top of my freaking tummy, which meant that instead of turning vertically downward, which is what we wanted, he actually turned upward, making the whole situation more complicated. So, um, yeah, they, she did the sonogram. We saw he's actually kind of even in a weird, like C like shape. He's, he's head up sitting on one leg, one legs out. It looked actually like when I was looking at the sonogram, I started getting really nervous. Cause I was like, that doesn't look like a baby. Like, <laughs> like his legs and arms were really weirdly positioned. And I, I asked her, I was like, does everything look okay? And she's like, I'm not allowed to say anything. She's like, I just am doing this and I'm going to give the report to your doctor and your doctor is going to give you a rundown. And that wasn't like the most assuring response I've ever gotten to that question. So I actually like almost passed out on the sonogram table, which she says happens. (laughs) So if anyone else has um, almost passed out getting a sonogram. I'm right there with you. I just got really lightheaded. Like it just kind of felt like all the blood rushed out of my head really fast. And I was like, oh God. And and she had to turn me on my side and like move the table downwards. But she said I wasn't the first person to do that. So if you're out there, um, I'm with you, girl. <laughs> it's happened to me. Uh, but I almost passed out on the sonogram table. I, I think I was just a lot a lot of emotion kind of came over me at once. A lot of nervousness came over me at once because I realized 
you know, in that moment that the baby's still breached. I'm probably going to have to get a C-section. I'm going to be in surgery. This is not the way I wanted to have my birth. Um, and my baby looks like an, an like a freaking spider in there. Like his arms and legs are just like all, everywhere. So anyway, I go over, leave the sonogram, go to my doctor's office. And yeah, I mean, she came in. I mean, the first thing I was like, is everything okay with the baby? She's like, yes, he looks perfectly healthy. I'm like, what was up with his arms and legs? She's like, no, he was just, he was like grabbing a toe. He was sitting weird. She's like, nothing to worry about there. He's perfectly healthy. He's actually a pretty big baby. Um, he's like coming in weighing at 6.9 pounds um, for at this stage, like, you know, day one of week 37 that's that's pretty big and she's like they took a lot of um scans of his head his head is is measuring pretty big which I just looked over at my husband and glared at him I'm like this is your fucking fault because his family has the biggest heads and she laid out our options she's she's like you know they they took a lot of there's a lot of things that actually go into consideration for a breech baby you know, they, they take a look at your amniotic fluid levels. They look at where your placenta is placed. If they can, if she feels confident that they could turn him around, like those are factors that go into it with the ECV. I know we talked about that last week. We talked about everything. Her suggestion was she's like, look, I think you guys are a really good candidate to just go into C-section. It's going to be healthiest for you. It's going to be healthiest for the baby. We're not going to have to do anything crazy that's going to, you know, distress him based off of like all these factors. We don't know if an ECV is the best option. So probably planning a C-section is the best way to go. So, you know, I knew that this was a possibility. Um, what's weird is like immediately she's like, okay, so like when, do, when would you, you know, after we agreed to it, she's like, when do you want to schedule it? And you realize like I, I'm picking my my kid's birthday. Like I'm picking the day he's born and like the day that we're going to celebrate for the rest of our lives. Like it's so weird, like looking at the calendar and having to pick a birthday. But we went with 4-22-22, which 22 is my lucky number which I was like, that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, it's also Earth Day, which is kind of cool. Like, I don't know. Um, my husband for one second was like, should we do 420? I'm like, no, absolutely not. We're not doing 420 for our kid's birthday. Uh, I'm sure he'd be very popular in high school, but we're not, we're not doing that. So 422, it's booked. It's on the calendar. And like, we go through this stuff. She's like, you don't have to do the anal swab. I'm like, okay. Cause I guess we're not doing a vaginal birth anymore. So I had to forego that. We left the office. I was just kind of in like stunned silence for about 20 minutes. And then, you know, ultimately cried and was just like, I, I just, uh, there's just not anything we can really do at this point. You know, I can continue to do the flipping, the spinning babies, bullshit, whatever, like, see if he turns and that they did say that they're like we're gonna you're still gonna come in for your weekly appointments we're gonna check him every week see if he moves the day you come in for your surgery you know you're gonna they're gonna also check and see if he's moved um and then if, and if that's the case if he has turned around by then we come up with another game plan I do not have to go through with the surgery the day of if anything changes so that's the plan. You know, people have been asking me how I feel about it. I'm still definitely in the processing phase. I feel, you know, my initial 
emotions are extreme fear, (laughs) you know, just really scared. I've never had a surgery before and you guys have been listening to me cry about blood and needles for almost 10 months. So fear is a big thing. Anxiety, um, sadness, disappointment. I mean, I'm just being honest. These are the, the emotions that have come up for me, you know, in the last few days, I almost feel like I, I feel like very gypped by the whole thing. I'm like, Oh my God, I've done all this work. And we get up to like the labor point, the point that's supposed to be like, you know, this huge life experience that I've heard about my whole life. I'm, I'm very curious about what birth is like. And it's kind of like ripped out from under me. Like, it's just, I have to go in and like go into a, a surgical room with like bright lights and get cut open. Um, won't get too graphic here because for anybody else who has a C-section, I don't want to like spend too much time shitting on C-sections. It's actually, I think at the end of the day, going to be great for us. It's going to be fine. Um, You know, you get to skip all the hard parts of labor, but actually another emotion that came up was I was like, I feel bad for this audience. I'm like, I want to go through all of this stuff and talk about it. Like I did this whole podcast for this reason. And I feel like we're kind of at a crossroads here where now I'm going down a path that's going to be very different than most of you listening. I was even like, I even said to Brandon, I'm like, see, like I didn't even get to do the anal swab. Like I can't like tell, I can't talk about it on bur- on bottle service because like I didn't even get to do it. Brandon's like, you realize you're upset that you didn't get an anal swab, right? Like this is what's upsetting you. So I think I'm just, I'm a little bummed um, and I'm still grappling with it. And I'm probably going to be doing that for the next several weeks or days, I should say, um, because we're, we're having this baby in two weeks, which is crazy. (laughs) I'm looking at the time. I'm going to spend way too much time talking about my emotions around this and I don't want to do that. So let's talk about what's happening with you. Let's talk about symptoms at week 36 and 37. So guys, at week 36 of pregnancy, we are nine months pregnant. We've made it to the freaking finish line. We're in the home freaking stretch. And if you're feeling like I'm feeling, like I'm definitely feeling nine months pregnant. Like I feel like I'm no longer in the cute pregnancy phase. I am pregnant, pregnant. Like I am uncomfortable as fuck. I'm huge. I'm so tired. Like I just, I'm at the stage now where like leaving the ha- the house is just like, like it, I'm only doing it if I absolutely have to, you know what I mean? Like it's just hard to get around. It's hard to do anything. Like I'm waddling, like nine months pregnant is, uh, is no freaking joke. And for any of my partners out there listening, I know my three guys that listen to this show or anybody else who's a partner of somebody who's pregnant at this stage of pregnancy, you might be sick of us too, because we've been complaining a lot, but you really just got to be extra, extra tender with us at this stage. We are hurting. I mean, every like ounce of my body is sore, like all my muscles ache. I'm exhausted. Like, just be really tender with us. Be patient with us. I've also been like kind of a nightmare to Brandon. I think I've been like pretty irritable and emotional. I mean, especially with everything going on. Um, so yeah, for my partners out there, just be patient, be tender, be loving, 
give us all the back rubs, get us the treats, do the things we need. We need all the extra love and affection right now. This podcast is brought to you by Parallel, the first and only OBGYN founded prenatal vitamin with targeted nutrients for each stage of motherhood. We all know it's important to take a prenatal vitamin throughout pregnancy, but Parallel takes it a step further by bundling together all the daily vitamins a woman needs into one simple packet based on where she is in her pregnancy. Right now we are in the third trimester and Parallel's third trimester pack helps prepare your body for birth while supporting your baby's rapid growth with a mix of probiotics, additional calcium and magnesium, added omegas, and of course that full spectrum prenatal vitamin. So wherever you are in your pregnancy journey, check out parallelhealth.com. They are offering a special 20% discount just for our listeners with code BIGKID20. Again, that's parallelhealth.com and use that code BIGKID20 for 20% off. Some symptom symptoms for this week. So so vaginal discharge, it's really going to pick up at this time. One of my girlfriends told me this and I read about it also this week when I was doing my little research for this episode. But yeah, your body is readying itself for birth it's really going to pick up the pace in that that discharge. So just be prepared. Stock up on some extra panty liners. I mean, that's really all you can do. And just look out for any mucus-like or blood-tinged discharge because that could be the mucus plug. And if you see that, we've talked about it. It means labor is near. Call your doctor. Call your doula. Call whoever. Um, but just be on the lookout for that. And it, it'll look different than your classic discharge that you're probably used to at this at this stage speaking of gross things um so hemorrhoids uh let's talk about it real quick I have I have like pretty much dedicated an entire episode to hemorrhoids that back I think it was week 18 of this podcast um it was entitled bottom grapes if you want to go back and listen to it but I had hemorrhoids earlier in pregnancy I haven't really had them again uh, until now. <laughs> so, and that is expected. Actually, hemorrhoids are much more common in the third trimester. And especially the later we get, the more pressures going on down there. Constipation is a huge factor that leads to hemorrhoids. So I'm going to tell you right now, like my number one tip for this is to start taking a stool softener, like right away, especially if you're prone to constipation or hemorrhoids, like just start taking it because all you need, all it takes is one bad poop and you're going to, your asshole is going to be torn up and you're going to get hemorrhoids. Like I, I don't know how else to say it. Like I'm just trying help me help you, you know, I'm trying to help you out out here, but you don't want to have like one bad, <laughs> like one super hard poop because it will like fuck your shit up. So just start taking stool softeners. I, I did this. Um, I started feeling like I was getting constipated and I was literally looking at the bottle of stool softeners and I'm like, ah, oh, let me give it one more day. And then, you know, let it, let it go. And yeah, I'm paying the price now. If you do feel like you get, I'm sorry to be so graphic, but guys, it's a pregnancy podcast. Like I'm just, we gotta, we gotta go there sometimes. But if you do kind of feel like you have one of those poops that like rips your asshole open, you gotta take care of it right away. Like you should have witch hazel pads on 
hand. Like I got them from Walgreens. There's a brand called Tux. They sell them. You're going to just want to use those. Like if you have any issue where you feel like you might like be having hemorrhoids come on, just start using those right away. You know, use some warm water on your butt, like do what you got to do. Those things are going to help because I'm telling you the second this time around, the first time around that I got hemorrhoids, I just like kind of let them go and it got so much worse. And this time, the second that I felt like that it was going south, I, I took care of it and used those witch hazel pads, used warm water and started taking stool softeners and it hasn't gotten bad. Like it just, I feel like I had like a very tiny one, but it hasn't like gotten any worse. So that is my, that is my tried and true advice for you when it comes to hemorrhoids. And then one other symptom I want to bring up this week, just cause like, let's just get them all out of the way, you know, while we're, while we're in it, while we're like, while all the guys that listen to the show have turned it off at this stage, Let's talk about something that I have called puffy vag. So I don't know if this is a common symptom. I'm assuming that it is. I'm too scared to Google it. But I I got a look at my vag this week. And let me tell you, I haven't seen her. I haven't seen her in months. Like I just, I haven't seen her. My belly has been covering it for a really long time. Um, people have asked me, they're like, oh, have you handed the razor over to your husband yet? No, I just like use my hand to feel around what's going on there. I do like a loose shave, like a, you know, a de- the de- the best job I can do by myself without having a visual, but um, haven't seen it, just haven't seen it. And I was using our downstairs bathroom and there's like a mirror that is like right in front of it. And I was, you know, getting up to wipe and just got a full glance at my, my vag. And this bitch was unrecognizable. Like I was like, Oh, something's wrong with our mirror. Like, what is that? No, like, no, like, what is that? And I took a look. She's like, she's like six times her normal size. Like it's just so puffy. Have you ever seen a blobfish? Like, if you go to Google and Google a blobfish, like, that is what my vagina looks like right now. It looks like Will Smith's face and Hitch when it has that, like, really bad allergic reaction and the whole thing flares up. That's what I'm working with right now. It is huge. And I'm talking huge. It's red and purple. <laughs> it's, like, because I've been shaving myself and not doing the best job. It's patchy as fuck. Like I was horrified, absolutely horrified. And I run out of the bathroom and I go, I like yelled at Brayden. I'm like, Brayden, oh my God, I just saw my vagina. It's huge. Like, is that like, it is so puffy. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, no, it's been like that. I'm I'm like, excuse me. I'm sorry. Excuse me. You knew about this? You're going to tell me you knew about this. Like how, what do you like, what do you mean a while? He's like, oh yeah, it's been like that for like probably like a, over, over a month, you know, like definitely a couple weeks. Um, And I'm just, I'm like, I am, you are not seeing me naked for a very long time. Um, That is just, it's bad. And I, I'm assuming that this is normal. I think it has to be right. I just, I just wanted to bring that up. If anybody else is terrified of their, of what their lady parts look like right now, I think, I think it's normal. Again, I'm not going to Google it because I am terrified of what's going to come up. 
All right, let's let's do sharp right and talk about what's happening with baby at this this stage of pregnancy. Okay, so at week 36, baby is as big as a papaya. They are 18.7 inches long and weigh about 5.8 pounds. And then by week 37, they cross that six pound threshold at around 6.3 ounces and they're about 19 inches long. So that's they're they're a good size at this stage. And at week 37, so it's actually a really important milestone because at this week you are considered full term. Well, technically it's like early term, quote unquote, but if the baby comes now, they are no longer considered premature, which is great. I mean, let's just take a fucking moment and celebrate that because that really should be celebrated. Like I remember spending so many months of this pregnancy worried, worried that like, I, you know, of anything that could go wrong to keep me from getting to full term and just praying to get past week 36. And we are here, guys. Like, you made it. So anybody who is at this stage of pregnancy should feel really, really good. Your baby's in great shape. And uh, it's just like a weight off off of our shoulders, right? Like, at least that's how, how I felt when I saw that week 37 pop up on my on my little apps this week. So what's going on with your baby in your belly? So your baby has developed some more dexterity in their fingers. So they can now grasp onto smaller objects like their toes or their nose or their thumb sucking a lot more in there right now in preparation for feeding after birth, which is kind of interesting. But that explains like why mine looked like a spider monkey when I saw him in the sonogram. Like he was just like holding up. He had his foot in his hand, like up by his head. It was a whole mess in there, but that's actually very, very normal. And by now, many of your baby systems are pretty mature, which is great, um, at least in baby terms. But that just means that they're ready for life on the outside. So one of those systems is like blood circulation. Your, your baby's immune system has developed enough to protect your little one from infections outside the womb, which is great. Other systems, however, still need a few finishing touches. So one example is digestion which actually won't be fully mature until sometime after birth. So I didn't know this, but your baby, you know, obviously has relied on the umbilical cord for nutrition, meaning that like, even though that their digestive system is developed, it hasn't really been operational. So it'll take really like the first year or two to bring their uh, digestion system up to speed. And one more interesting fact I wanted to hit you with for this week. So at birth, Your baby's head, which by the way is still growing, will be roughly the same circumference of his chest, which I thought was crazy. But the bones in there are soft, obviously, to get through the birth canal, which is just a crazy design if you you ask me. Anyway, all right, let's hit you with some tips and to-dos for the week. I have some good ones for you this week. One of the big ones I read about is that you really, really, really want to take care of your belly. These last few weeks, especially starting now, you are just, you are stretched so thin, babe. Your skin is really, really stretching to its absolute max. And you want to make sure that you're using all the oils, all the creams, all the moisturizing you can do to kind of help prevent stretch marks because this is actually the time when a lot of stretch marks form. Something else I've been doing um, and 
I don't know if this is a thing, but I'm just going to tell you this quick tip is when I was, when I was a kid, (laughs) when I was a little kid, I had a really bad accident that like, um, I had to get like, I had a really bad scar on my leg and my mom every night would take a vitamin E capsule, vitamin E as an elephant, and she would poke a hole in it and then take like basically the gel out of the capsule that normal normally you would swallow and she would rub it on the scar apparently a nurse friend of hers told her to do that and so what I've been doing is after I put the belly oil on my belly I take a vitamin e capsule I cut it open and I take all the gel out of it and I've been rubbing that on my belly too and that's just supposed to be like really good for skin I have not cross-referenced this, so (laughs) take it with a grain of salt. I don't know if that's like a proven thing, but it's just something like I remember doing in my childhood. I remember it really helped my leg scar. So I'm hoping that that will help with um, preventing stretch marks too. And I plan on doing that to my C-section scar down the road when we get there. All right, more tips. Okay, so if you're like me, maybe you're getting a little bit nervous (laughs) about welcoming a new baby into the world and not knowing what the fuck you're doing. So I have really looked into some educational resources over the last like month or so. And I've, I've found some good ones for you guys. So I wanted to give you these tips. So tiny hood is great. They have also a birth course that like will walk you through, um, everything that goes through with birth. And, um, afterwards they have like a good baby, like CPR class and like a lot of other good stuff on there. Um, and then also I started taking care of babies, taking Kara, like the name Kara babies. Um, she has a lot of people told me to follow her on Instagram, which I did. And she gives like a ton of like newborn tips and baby tips, especially when it comes to like sleep. And, um, I just, she also has a, a digital course, like something you can watch. And so I started that, which has been really good. She gives a lot of like ways and like how to swaddle your baby and take care of them if they're, they're really crying or like having trouble sleeping and getting a master schedule together for like sleeping and eating and all of that stuff, all the stuff we need to know. And then the third recommendation I had for you, uh, one again, that came a lot from you guys, a lot, a lot of people slid into my DMS and they're like, have you tried moms on call yet? Have you tried moms on call? So that's another one I followed on Instagram to get some tips, um, just daily, which I think is great. And I got her books. So I'm starting on the books. There's also a digital course. I haven't started that yet. Um, cause I'm still going through the other two, but something I'm definitely going to check out. And right now I'm, I'm reading the zero to six month book, which I really, really like. And it's different from some of the other books that I read on childcare because it's like, it's almost like bullet pointed out, which I can really appreciate. It's like very easy to digest. Like I picked that book up and like finished half of it in one sitting, which is also really satisfying to do. So recommending those three, I'm going to link all three of them in show notes if you want to check them out. I think it's, especially these last few weeks when like we're not doing much anyway, we're sit- I'm sitting on the couch a lot. So I'm like, might as well read up on this stuff or watch you know some videos that are going to give me some tips for helping take care of this, this little one when he gets here. Okay. Another tip I have for you this week is I actually, (laughs) I hate to promote another podcast on my podcast, but I listened to this episode this week on the skinny confidential him and her podcast. They had on this midwife who's been a midwife and has been delivering babies for 30 years. 
and it was so good. I'm going to link it in show notes, but for anybody who wants to find it, it's episode number 450 on the Skinny Confidential. But it was like an episode that I was just listening to and had like my jaw on the ground the whole time. Just a lot of the stuff she was saying was so, it was resonating so much for anybody who's like about to give birth. Like you have to listen to this. She talked a lot about like how babies were delivered before modern medicine and how like our bodies are designed for this. And it was really, really good. And there was a lot of things in there. I'm like, oh my God, I wish I knew about this. One of them, I'll tell, I'll just tell you now, as she was talking about how important it is to get off caffeine before you give birth. And I was like, oh shit, what? Because <laughs> I've been drinking a cup of coffee every, every day of this pregnancy. But she was talking, she mentioned that if you've been giving your, if you've been giving your baby caffeine basically every day, um, that they're going to come out of the womb and they're going to have caffeine withdrawals, just like I would, you know, if I stopped, if I had to stop drinking coffee, you know, I'm going to get headaches. I'm going to have withdrawal like symptoms from not having caffeine. So when she said that, I was like, oh my God, I, I think for these next two weeks, I mean, I'm giving birth in two weeks. I don't know how much I can reverse this, but I think I'm cutting, I'm cutting caffeine cold Turkey. That's my, that's my game plan. I'm like going to try and get as much out of this baby system as I can. And, and again, I did not like, I'm just taking this from a podcast I listened to. I I don't have any scientific uh, data to back this up, but it made sense to me, you know, that like if you're giving your baby caffeine repeatedly every day and then you give birth to them and they no longer have that caffeine in their system that they would have withdrawals like that, that makes sense to me. So anyway, I'm going cold turkey and that should be really fun for the next two weeks, but we'll see. Maybe hopefully it'll help. Hopefully it's not too late. Okay. And then my last tip for this week, and it's actually something I started a couple weeks ago and I'm very glad that I did, but it's to start meditating. Just start meditating every day. Like I am, I am now, I tried to do it a little bit throughout pregnancy. We've talked about it on this podcast before, but in these last few weeks leading up to birth, I am not missing a day of meditation. I learned how to meditate through a course called Ziva Meditation. I cannot recommend it enough. I'm going to link it in show notes. It's Ziva Meditation. I actually had the um, founder of Ziva on my other podcast on Big Kid Problems a couple years ago. And that's when I took her course and I like learned how to actually meditate. It was kind of life-changing. So I'll link that in show notes. We've uh, There's also Expectful, which is an app you can download that gives you guided meditations there's headspace. There's all kinds of resources out there to help you meditate if you've never done it before. But I would look into it, honest, honest to God. It's helped me, it's helped me already a, a little bit getting through, you know, kind of like the shock of everything um, this week. And um, one thing I will say about that is I I definitely have found myself when it comes to like negative thoughts. <laughs> That's one of the beautiful things about meditation is it helps you catch your negative thoughts. And I have noticed that I've had some bad ones, especially over the last few days when it comes to, you know, going into surgery, getting a C-section, just the fears around birth. I've had a lot of like, what if 
scenarios come up in my brain that haven't been super helpful. I'm like, what if this baby doesn't turn? What if I have to get the C-section? What if I bleed out in surgery? What if I die? What if this happens? You know, like I just like terrible, terrible thoughts, like constantly streaming through my head. And I heard something this week that like really kind of made me feel a lot better, which was like, what if it's great? What if it's like that is just like a way to kind of refresh your your brain if you're having like endless loops of negativity, like reframe it to like, what if it's actually like a beautiful experience? Like what if that day comes that you give birth and it is the best day of your freaking life? Like what if you pick up your baby and you are so in love with this thing? Everything that happened before, all the bullshit, all the stretch marks, the puffy vages, the hemorrhoids, the months of pain are all freaking worth it. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do with my what if statements when I catch myself going through that uh, endless loop of negativity. I'm trying to say that, like literally say that to myself. What if it's great? So I hope that tip helps any of you out there. And that's all I have for week 36 and 37. I know I went a little overtime this week, but hey, we were fitting in two weeks. So I'm going to cut myself some slack. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to hit those five stars on iTunes. It makes a difference. You can also share this podcast on social, send it to any of your friends, especially as we start to wrap this up. Um, you know, just think about like after your pregnancy, if you have friends down the road that get pregnant and you thought that this, that this podcast helped you, maybe send this podcast to them. It's going to live here on the on the interwebs um forever so anybody can pick this up anytime but yeah make sure to send it to your pregnant friends that that will probably be the best the best promotional tool we could do for this podcast is the people who like it sending it to their friends you can also connect with me on social at big kid problems or on my personal instagram at sarah merrill underscore hall i'd love to hear how you guys are doing how you're feeling at this stage I actually kind of wanted to pose a question to you guys of like, cause we're all getting close to birth at this stage. And I think we're all, we're all going to have different levels of like fear versus excitement. Like I think my fear to excitement levels are off. Like I think I'm, my levels are probably like 90% fear, 10% excitement, which is not great. But I did want to pose that question to you guys. If what your percentages are of fear to excitement, slide into my DMs. Let me know. I'm very curious how other people are doing. I hope, I hope most of you are like completely switched. Like you're 90% excited, 10% scared. That, that seems a lot healthier to me. Anyway, hit me up on social. In the meantime, I will see you back here next week for week 38 updates. And until then, thanks for bumping along with me.